You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hello and happy spring to everyone out there. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Happy spring. Happy to have you here. The weather, it's coming. It's going to get warmer. We've already hit daylight savings. It's staying light out until, my goodness, like 7 or 7.30 now, which is, it's it always seems so strange when it's suddenly staying light so much longer uh, and the temperatures are going to start rising. I know here in Pennsylvania, uh, the da- some of the daffodils are out already. All of the spring things in the gardens are waking up, uh, and it's just a, it's a very, it's a very refreshing time of year. It's also the time of all the tension in the hockey world as we start to come down the final stretch towards the postseason. Uh, and today we're going to talk about that in terms of the Laval Rocket a little bit. As you see from the title of this week's episode, the arrival of reinforcements. Uh, there are a trio of players who have been added to the Laval Rocket roster since the last time we met here last Tuesday all of whom could serve in some role or capacity uh, to try to help propel Laval into the postseason. We're going to talk about that in depth in the first segment. And then then in the second segment, Patrick Williams, of course, will be here for the AHL Hot Stove. And when he joins me in the studio, we're going to uh, talk about a couple more teams who have already punched their ticket to the postseason uh, no, I'm sorry to say Laval isn't one of them, but but uh, there are now three teams in the AHL who have officially clinched a playoff berth. Uh, so we're going to talk about the path of the, the two most recent ones this week, as well as talk about, uh, in particular, uh, one of the teams that Laval is absolutely fighting tooth and nail with for a spot in the playoffs is Belleville. Uh, and, and the Senators have gone on a bit of a run here lately and currently sit uh, a point ahead of the Laval Rocket. Part of their success recently and ability to stay relevant all this season has been uh, how they've overcome major injury setbacks at the goaltending position, both in Belleville and in Ottawa. 
uh, and they have another success story on their hands. His name is Dylan Ferguson, who's just joined the organization not that long ago. So Patrick's going to join us today to talk a bit about Dylan Ferguson uh, and and what Belleville may be looking like at the Ottawa organization and so forth as we come down the stretch here, because that is absolutely going to be key and relevant to the Laval Rocket. Uh, so we are not going to delay. We're going to get started right away. Before we do dive into things, though, if you haven't done so already, I invite you to please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, just tap that subscribe button, hit the share button uh, to share this episode with uh, your friends and fellow hockey lovers on your favorite social media platform. It's a it's a tremendous way for you to help us to grow our audience and grow the community of Habs fans that we have here, and we greatly appreciate it. So the Laval Rocket last week uh, had a trio of games. They wrapped up their road trip uh, on Wednesday with a trip to the Rochester Americans uh, arena and then came home for the first two games of their homestand. Um, going into to Rochester on Wednesday night, you know, Laval has typically performed pretty decently against the Amherst. Uh, we know that it was, uh, they fought them in the postseason last year and, and, and swept them. Uh, and this season, uh, the Amherst seem to not be able to always have a solution for the Laval Rocket. Uh, but they certainly did on Wednesday night. Um, Laval actually got shut out two to nothing by Rochester on on Wednesday night, and this is a North Division rival that again uh, Laval is is kind of trying to elbow out of the way in positioning. Uh, there have been times earlier in the week where they were just a point behind Rochester. Uh, that's not the case anymore, uh, and this game was was a big kind of piece of that puzzle. Um, obviously not a high-scoring affair. Brendan Byro had a shorthanded goal. Lucas Rusek with an empty netter uh, was really all it took uh, for for the Rochester Americans to come out uh, victorious here. Uh, it just didn't, uh, didn't look like a great outing at all uh, for the Laval Rocket. They thought they had scored uh, the first goal of the night, actually, in the first period, but the officials waved the goal off because it had deflected into the net off of a player's hand, and they called that, you know, kind of a, a hand pass into the net, and so they they negated it. Um, lots of penalties in this one. It got a little chippy, um, but power play didn't end up being a factor for either one of these teams. Uh, and the really the news on this day was, uh, firstly, that Xavier Simeno was back in the lineup from injury. This was also the day that the Montreal Canadiens signed uh, NCAA defenseman Jaden Struble to his two-year entry-level contract. So uh, he had not yet joined the team, obviously. The signing had just taken, taken place earlier in the day. Uh, but that was the news of the day, and we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, so uh, on the heels of a very disappointing loss, the Laval Rocket came home to play two games against the Utica Comets uh, Friday night, St. Patrick's Day, and then Saturday afternoon. Utica has been sitting pretty squarely in second place in the division uh, for a little while now. They've they've had a, a good run of things. However, um, Utica does not typically play very well against the Laval Rocket. Uh, in fact, Laval had been the victor in every game they had played against the Comets so far this season at home or on the road. 
And for the first time this season on Friday night on home ice in Place Bell, Laval fell to Utica. Uh, it's not very often that Laval of in the last few months uh, loses on home ice. And it was the first time all season that they lost to the Utica Comets. But that is, in fact, what had happened. Uh, Nicholas Bodan was out of the lineup with an injury. So uh, had to go with a formation of 12 forwards and six defensemen. He had been playing 7-11. He uh, put Louis Boudin in the lineup, who was making his pro debut uh, after signing an ATO, an amateur tryout. Uh, earlier this season. So again, you know, J.F. Wool kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to fill his roster and fill his lineup. Um, Things with Utica always get nasty, and it certainly did on this night. Um, It was an ugly game in terms of penalties, a a combined 60 uh, penalty minutes for both teams. Uh, Mitchell Stevens, Pierre-Rick Dubay ended up uh, being able to score in the first and the third periods respectively, but Utica just was able to get one more. Um, and uh, Isaac Poulter in net uh, came up big for them, and they were able to to win this one 3-2, to two, and that really kind of knocked the wind a bit out of Laval in terms of the standings. Uh, this, you know, they were, they were watching season points slip away, slip away, slip away. Uh, so what would happen the next day? Well, as the Rocket have done um, on more than one occasion throughout the season, uh, they were able to bounce back on Saturday afternoon. Um, now, I think they were handed a little bit of a gift by the Utica Comets in that Utica Utica is waiting for uh, goaltender Nico Dawes to get healthy again. In fact, it was, it was a question as to whether or not he would have been available uh, in these two games um, if he had been healthy enough, but apparently not healthy enough yet. And so instead of going back to Isaac Poulter with a less than 24-hour turnaround, like Laval felt forced to do with Caden Primo, uh, they instead decided to start uh, their current backup goaltender uh, who was who, who, who this season has only played up before Saturday, had only played one game in the AHL uh, and had lost that game, although apparently had performed pretty admirably. So he got put into the net. Um, Laval took, uh, quite frankly, took full advantage. They went out, scored a really quick goal. Uh, Brandon Zignac back in the lineup from injury, which was a bit of a surprise, uh, wondering if he's, he's back a little earlier than maybe... Maybe he should be, but he was back in the lineup, scores the first goal of the game, and they managed to put three behind Theut uh, in the first period alone. And Utica could not recover from that at all. Utica, poor with puck possession uh, all day on Saturday, looking a little tired, looking a little worse for wear. Uh, and so, uh, and the Rocket were just shooting a, a ton. They put 41 shots on goal as opposed to the Comets 28. And the Rocket were able to come out with a 4-1 to victory here. Uh, and even though they were missing some people, Danik Martell back out of the lineup with injury again. He didn't finish Friday's game. Um, you know, we know he just came back from almost a three-month absence due to a severe concussion. So we're unsure as to what the new injury is, but but others really seem to step up uh, and, and got it done. And so 
one win of three games last week, not ideal. Uh, One win in three games all against division rivals, not ideal. So where does that currently leave Laval? Well, they are sitting on the outside looking in once again by just one point. Um, Amazingly, these four teams who are occupying the last four places in the North Division keep jostling back and forth, but remaining within a point of each other. Rochester is sitting in fourth place with 62 points. Belleville is occupying that fifth and last playoff position with 61 points. Laval is right behind them, just outside of a playoff position in sixth place with 60 points. And Cleveland is right on their heels with 59 points. The kicker is that Cleveland has two games in hand on Laval as does Rochester. Um, and so because of that, uh, Cleveland, despite the fact that they are that they are behind Laval, actually have a better winning percentage. Uh, thankfully for Laval, the winning percentage doesn't matter this year because it is all points that matter. But uh, if Cleveland manages to come up with a couple more wins in those two games in hand, uh, that could spell trouble for Laval. Uh, and Belleville, as I mentioned at the top of the show, has been on a bit of a run lately. They're 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10, so so 6 of 4, whereas Laval is 4-5-0-1 oh, in their last 10. Uh, so, um, you know, not the, not the best trend for Laval, but they are hanging on by the skin of their teeth. There is still, you know, they have 11 games remaining in the regular season. Can you believe that? Oh, just 11 games. 11 games remaining in the regular season. There is still time for this to happen, for them to manage to get that fifth or even fourth place position. Um, it's It's starting to look at this point like moving any further up than fourth would probably be impossible for Laval by the end of the season. Uh, Third place is currently occupied by the Syracuse Crunch with 66 points. They are six points ahead of Laval. Uh, There would have to be a pretty big meltdown uh, for Syracuse in the next two weeks um, in order for Laval uh, to, to surge up that high. So it means if they make the playoffs, they will be either in fourth or fifth place, which means they play the three game uh, play uh, the best of three play in round which is a nightmare it's a new development for the AHL starting last year and it's you know you lose the first game in a best of three and the next game you're already facing elimination it's a lot of pressure uh, and not ideal so uh, we'll see what's going to happen this week they play at home against the Bridgeport Islanders so they are out of division for the Wednesday night game Wednesday night's game uh, Bridgeport is kind of doing about the same as Laval has been they've got a bit of a better winning percentage uh, and record but they're they're placed kind of in the same area in the Atlantic division uh, and then it's going to get difficult on Friday night when the Milwaukee Admirals come to town at Place Bell. Milwaukee is leading the Central Division with 75 points, uh, and they have been uh, some tough customers uh, to deal with. That is the Nashville Predators AHL affiliate. Um, before then, Laval goes on the road for two games 
against the Manitoba Moose. Uh, so the, these four games coming up this week are all out of the division, one in the Atlantic, three in the Central. The Manitoba Moose are in third place uh, with uh, just 74 points, just a point behind Milwaukee and Texas. Te- Milwaukee and the Texas Stars are tied for first in the Central Division with 75 points. Manitoba is right behind them with 74 points. So, you know... Uh, playing Bridgeport at home on Wednesday and then three tough games against two of the top teams in the Central Division uh, coming up. And so this is not going to be easy. In fact, when you look at the playoff primer for Laval, um, they're in the North Division. They have the second hardest strength of schedule for their remaining games in the division. Uh, These three games that are coming up are a big part of that. If you look even further past that, they've got another tilt against the Rockford Icehogs coming up, a second game against the Milwaukee Admirals coming up. Uh, They'll have to play North Division leading Toronto again before the end of the season. So this is not going to come easily. And so we think, uh, you know, JF Wool is probably breathing a bit of a sigh of relief that some reinforcements are finally arriving in the lineup. Three players this this week uh, added to the roster who could play a varying degree of, of assistance in helping push Laval into the postseason. Of course, we already mentioned one of them, Jaden Struble, the uh, very, very promising defenseman from Northeastern University in the NCAA, uh, had a tremendous season this year uh, with Northeastern. It is likely, I don't know if he'll make his uh, pro debut on Wednesday night or if JF will prefer to uh, get him another practice or so and, and maybe get him in the lineup maybe next Friday night. Uh, he he was in town and, and, and watched both Laval games against Utica this past weekend, so we'll see when he makes uh, his debut. Uh, defense is the one place where JF Ull has actually quite a few options so it'll be fascinating to see how he manages the roster there uh then uh the news came out two things came out yesterday actually uh emil heineman's uh season with lexans in the swedish hockey league finished uh, about a week or so ago and the laval uh, the montreal canadians pardon me uh have now reassigned heineman to the Laval Rocket. So he is back in North America. He was at Laval's practice uh, yesterday on Monday. Uh, will he get right into a game uh, on Wednesday night? I think it's possible. I think it's very possible that they might uh, get him right in there. Um, so ML Heineman, prospect for the Montreal Canadiens. He was acquired in, a, in the trade last year at the around the deadline, just before the deadline with Calgary. Uh, and and has of course since been playing in Lexans, uh, but could be a very promising young prospect. It's it's someone we'll be heavily watching uh, in training camp in the fall, uh, and so Emil Heineman could be could be another piece of the puzzle. Uh, winger, just 21 years old. Uh, he was a second rounder in the 2020 draft, selected by the Florida Panthers, uh, went 43rd overall. Uh, he's got a, a lot of um, a lot of flexibility and variety to his game. And so uh, we'll see how he gets used, but it's uh, for a, for a dwindling roster for JF. Well, I'm sure that will be a welcome addition. Uh, and last but not least, they've recalled Joe Verbedek uh, from the 12 Riviere Lions. Um, 
The news came out last week that Verbetic is out, uh, excuse me, that Kevin Poulan is out indefinitely now with an injury. And so obviously Caden Primo is going to need a bit of rest somewhere. Um, they played Philippe de Rosier for, for one game against Springfield two weeks ago, and that did not go well. I don't know that they have the confidence that Philippe de Rosier can perform under under this kind of a scope here at the end of the season so I'm guessing that's why they brought Joe Verbetic back up um Joe which I'm pleased to see Joe Verbetic is a Canadian's prospect so let's let's get him some uh, meaningful games up in the AHL give Caden Primo some breathing space when they can uh, they have to be able to rest him occasionally if they do go into the postseason. So reinforcements uh, from all sorts of avenues have arrived um, for the Laval Rocket and J.F. Uhl, and now it'll just be a matter of seeing how he deploys these reinforcements and how the rest of the roster can rally and uh, fight through the adversity they've got coming down the stretch here of course, over the course of the next few games. Uh, you can be sure if you follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report, we will have in-game updates of each and every Laval Rocket game, uh, full post-game recaps at AHLReport.com. We'll keep you posted. Uh, it could be the, the, the big playoff potential for the Canadians organization uh, is, is Laval. I think uh, Kent Hughes is focusing some attention there and, and trying to do what he can to uh, to help push his AHL affiliate into the postseason. So it's going to be a fun ride here for the next couple of weeks as we see how it all all unfolds. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the Press Home Podcast, uh, hear a message from our sponsors over at DraftKings. And on the other side of that, Patrick Williams will be here joining me in the studio for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Thanks so much again for being with us this week. I'm your host of the show, Amy Johnson. I'm also the lead correspondent at AHLReport.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report or follow the podcast on Twitter at The Press Zone. And of course, be sure to bookmark uh, AHLReport.com as well as ThePressZone.fm. And most importantly, subscribe to this podcast 
podcast and our uh, sister podcast, our flagship podcast, The Canadian's Connection. Uh, you can find that at canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, subscribe there. Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella every Saturday give you all the latest news and analysis of the Montreal Canadiens uh, as, as their exciting rebuild continues to develop. And be sure you subscribe. You don't ever want to miss an episode of either one of our podcasts here at Rocket Sports. All right. Well, we, as I said at the top of the show and in the first segment, we are at that time of the season where each week uh, there's a good chance that we're going to have additional teams qualifying for the playoffs, uh, clenching their spot in the postseason. We know Laval isn't quite there yet. We don't know what the future holds for the Laval Rocket, uh, but there is still a possibility there. But, uh, as I had mentioned uh, before the break, there are two teams who made it uh, to the playoffs uh, this past week, uh, as well as some some things happening and some success stories happening around the league, uh, which could have playoff implications uh, overall, but particularly for Laval as well. And so who better to come and talk to us about all of that than, of course, our dear friend Patrick Williams, back for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, happy spring, sir. We have finally gotten to the spring season. Yes. Uh, I didn't realize that until this morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That came fast. That came fast. It did. Wow. I know. St. Patty's Day, come and gone. First day of spring, come and gone. It's going too fast. And springtime means playoff Time is not far behind, and that's sort of why we do all this, right? That's right. That's right. It's a good time of the year. All that hard work about to pay off. Before we get, however, to um, the playoff talk of this portion of of the segment, I want to, of course, tip our hats to the AHL uh, Player of the Week. Um, This is a guy that I think uh, people are going to get more and more familiar with, as as time goes on, Iowa uh, Iowa Wild forward Marco Rossi, um, five points in three games last week, and his first pro Hattie, uh, which is which is pretty pretty exciting. A natural hat trick. Uh, he's on a seven game scoring streak, and uh, helped uh, really helped Iowa out last week. Three games played, three goals, two assists. A uh, pretty pretty good week for uh, Marco Rossi. That's what our sources tell us. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's been a. Uh, it's been a real success, I think, for him this year. Um, he started the season with Minnesota, where you know he was ninth overall pick in twenty twenty. So this is. I mean, we're talk, talking. You know, a top top prospect here, and he started the season in Minnesota. Um, that did not go well. You know, from a production standpoint. And just I mean, with, with where Minnesota is right now, like they're they're a team that's has you know at least some degree of Stanley Cup contention. Um, uh, you know, that's their window right now, mm-hmm. and so he wasn't ready. And so I think to Minnesota's credit, they and to his credit, they sent him down to Iowa, um, and he's really bought in. I, I was speaking with Tim Army, the head coach there, not too long ago, and just. Obviously, you know, Marco Rossi's going to be one of the first people you touch on. And, um, you know, this is a player that's extremely hardworking. Mm-hmm. Uh, maturity, I think, is one of the first things that really pops up, too, in a discussion. I mean, he's, he's one of those people that, you know, he's, um, 
he's still young. He's 21, but, you know, he's got more of the mentality of a 30-year-old veteran. Um, just very mature, very sort of, um, you know, he's, he's not all that outspoken, but he's, um, he's in his own way a leader on that team now. Uh, which is impressive, right? Like for such a young player. I was gonna to, say he's very he's twenty one. To to come in and kind of really take on that role and not, uh, and and buy into what the team is doing too, right? Like he's not just there to play and and help his own game. He's he's just actively, you know, he's actively bought into what Iowa as a you know entire club is trying to do, which is Iowa. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, really had kind of an up and down season this year. Um, they've Got on some good roles, and then they've had some real, real tough streaks. So, um, you know, it's a team where, you know, they're still trying to, even at this point, trying to find some of their consistency night in and night out. But, uh, you know, for him, I mean, he's had a, had a challenging road so far. Like, he, during that 2021 season, um, he got a really bad case of COVID and um, ended up missing the whole season. Um, and there was... It's a heart issue involved, and you know, it's, you know, for such a young player at the time, he was just barely nineteen, and um, you know, is you know, forget hockey. It was just you know, like, is he going to be okay as a as a person? Um, and uh, fortunately, he managed to come through that, um, get back to health. But obviously, you know, that that would take a lot of anybody. You know, I think physically, but also just the mental side of it too, right? Like yeah. you've been through that experience at such a young age. I mean. I know that would be scary, you know, even, you know, being older than him um, to go through that. Never mind, you know, somebody who's not even 20 years old at, at the time. So, um, you know, fortunately, he's he's back to good health now. Uh, and he's using this time in Iowa very productively and uh, really rounding out his two-way team. And that's, you know, we, we talk about that all the time. I mean, that, you know, really, that's one of the primary um, objectives for most AHL players is up until this point, they've been able to succeed by more often than not being able to put the puck in the net. And this is the first level for most of them. Yeah. Where they have to really learn that other side of the game and that other side of the puck. And he's no different. Um, he was a star in junior with Ottawa with the 67s. And, uh, you, you know, he wasn't there to, you know, play defensively. He was there to, you know, to produce. And he did. But obviously, if you're going to play in the NHL, you have to play both sides of the pocket. Mm -hmm. so that's what he's trying to do. And um, but I think it's still good to see that he's still producing as well offensively. So like, he's not cheating either way on the side of the puck, right? Like you always hear coaches talk about cheating for you know production, but you know you can also cheat defensively too, right? Right. Where you're so focused on your defensive play that your 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 production suffers. So he's he's striking that balance. And uh, he's he's been a real real bright spot for Iowa, and um, they look like they're going to be a playoff team now. So um, I would really want to see him go in the playoffs and like put that team on his back. Yeah, and see if they can go on a little bit of a run here. He'll be uh, he'll be one he'll be one to keep an eye on in the next uh, couple of seasons for sure. Um, two teams that we know are actually part of the playoff picture. We talked uh, last week about how the Calgary Wranglers were the first team in the league to kind of punch their ticket into the postseason. But now since then, two more teams have done that. Another Pacific team uh, has clinched their spot. The Coachella Valley Firebirds. They, uh, they made their way into the playoffs on Wednesday night by beating those Iowa wild actually. Um, and then, um, 
it was a rocket loss on Friday night that actually sealed the Toronto Marlies uh, postseason bid. Uh, Toronto had a rough weekend last weekend, yes. uh, to to put it mildly. Uh, they could have qualified for the playoffs on Friday night or Friday afternoon, I should say, with a win in the afternoon against Charlotte. They instead got shut out. However, the other clinching scenario for them was that if Laval lost to Utica on Friday night, that would automatically put Toronto and the Marlies into the playoffs. And uh, we all know that Utica handed Laval a loss that night. And so that is how Toronto kind of backed into the first uh team to clinch a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference and in the North Division. Uh, so, Patrick, things are starting to kind of take shape uh, with now three teams in total already guaranteed a spot in the postseason. Yeah, I think backed into the playoffs is a perfect description for that. Uh, yeah, it was it was a very ugly weekend for, for Toronto. Toronto. Yes, it was. Um, and they, they saw themselves up against a Charlotte team that really now is starting to find their game. Jerry Mayhew has been an absolute force in the last two months or so he's got 27 goals or 17 goals in his past 27 games he was the player who a couple years ago had 39 and 49 um and you know just was an absolute force that year and he had a real real slow start this year in charlotte um but uh he's heated up and that rest of that charlotte team is has as well um and the marlies ran right into that <laughs> brick wall that was the yeah. charlotte checkers this weekend this is not the same Marley's team, though, that like built that huge lead. I mean, no, if you it's look not. At, um, the amount of talent they've lost in uh, various moves made by the Leafs um, leading up to the trade deadline, it's uh, it's it's pretty considerable. I mean, I don't think there's been a team that's been hit harder than they have. Adam Gaudet, um, Joey Anderson, Kale um, Abramoff. Um, right off the bat, they lost Dryden Hunt. Although they did bring back uh, Redeems and Horner for that, uh, for that move, but um, their goaltending has kind of been a, a carousel. Um, they've had uh, just constantly, you know, just players going up, up and back to the Leafs. I mean, the Leafs issues in net, you know, health wise, trickle right down to the American League team. That's no different mm -hmm. for the Marlies, um, and they didn't really do anything at the AHL deadline either. So. Um, Kind of uh, what they had two months ago that was, you know, enabled them to build that lead is not what they have right now. So I'm going to be interested to see where the Marlies settle, you know, in terms of the playoffs. Um, obviously, now they're in. But, you know, as, as a first seed that, you know, they're almost certain to be, um, you know, they... They are not, they are not unbeatable as we saw this weekend, right? And they no. ran into a really, really strong Charlotte team that is starting to peak at the right time. And I do wonder a little bit about this uh, Marley's team, right? So, um, I looked at them and I'm like, it's hard, hard to get a read on them right now. They've not been great um, at different points, um, really since all these moves. So. That's something I think for, for AHL fans to keep a, an eye on, and it's cert, certainly for every team in the North Division that does make it, um, I think it definitely opens up that playoff uh, field quite a bit um, and allows the potential for you know a first-round, second-round upset uh, to take place. Well, as we, as we 
kind of keep looking at at where the tight races are. We've talked uh, in depth the last few weeks about how tight uh, the the bottom half of the North Division has been. We've been talking about it plenty in the first segments of this show over the last couple of weeks, and and that hasn't changed uh, at all. Uh, we know that. Um, Belleville, in particular, has faced a ton of adversity. You know, it's we all know it is it is common for any AHL team to face heaping amounts of roster turnover night in and night out throughout every AHL season. So it's not that that Belleville has suffered uh, anything different than most AHL teams have gone through, but between Ottawa and Belleville, their goaltending injury adversity started within started on the first game of the season and has not done anything but snowball ever since. Um, despite all of that, they find themselves currently occupying the final playoff position in the North Division. Uh, they've been playing very well. They have a they have a winning record in their last ten games right now, um, and they've made. I mean, goaltender after goaltender has just fallen by the wayside to injury for both organizations. And we saw the last time that Laval uh, played Belleville. Uh, Dylan Ferguson was was part of uh, just come in uh, as part of the new goaltending tandem traded for uh, future considerations earlier in the month. Uh, And just last night, he actually got recalled to to Ottawa and made his NHL debut last night um, and kind of went okay. (laughs) 48 saves is yeah, that's a pretty good debut. I think so. Um, Yeah. one month after he was on his way down to the ECHL and kind of was uh, thrown a little bit of a, you know, a second chance by being traded to Belleville, who at the time was absolutely desperate for goaltending. Um, the day before that deal happened, um, Kevin Mandelizzi, who was kind of their last hope in net, had gotten injured in the morning skate. And so they brought in Luke Richardson, who was originally playing, you know, brought in as a backup straight out of Queens University, mm-hmm. um, made his pro debut, uh, struggled obviously because, you know, that's to be expected. And um, so they you know, quickly pivoted. They brought in Ferguson. He came in the next night there, made 38 saves in Wilkes-Barre, um, and really is just taking this opportunity and run with it in Belleville. Um, you know, 935 save percentage uh, with Belleville and just give them – little bit of stability right like you know i mean you mentioned you know that that opening night right that should have been an omen that we saw at the time matt sogard four minutes into the season was injured uh and really it's never slowed down since right they they went through sogard mandalisi antoine bebo Mm -hmm. uh, has been injured at different points and then just kind of a, a carousel of um pto players and um kind of anybody they could uh Russell up uh, last minute, like that night in Belleville, um, where uh, Richardson made his debut. They actually had to bring in a backup from the Danbury Hattricks okay. <laughs> of the Federal League oh, <laughs> on short notice because it was they had maybe five hours or so to uh, find somebody, and uh, they were in Bridgeport. Danbury's just right down the road from there, so uh, Federal League it is, um, and I think that's just kind of a sign of. Uh, where their uh, goaltending has been. I mean, just in the past month alone, Belleville had a pair of three-game stretches in which they had to start a different goalie every night in each of those stretches. So 
that's kind of just a sense of uh, where things are. And obviously, you know, we talk about this all the time, like the NHL's problems, team's problems quickly become your problems at this level. That's right. Um, and, you know, if, if that's such a huge variable in this league, right? Like if your NHL team is, is uh, healthy and pretty stable, like you can go a long way in the AHL just by virtue of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen many a good team have their season uh, sidetracked uh, because the NHL team runs into injuries and all of a sudden uh, your AHL roster gets picked apart. And that's what certainly has happened in Belleville. But to their credit, um, they have kept going. Um, they're right there in the playoff hunt. Um, I think they have a good chance to make it. Um, David Bell coming in as the interim head coach there at the beginning of February. Um, he's made a very good case for himself to uh, shed that interim uh, title at the end of the season. Yeah, um, he's, uh, Players really have responded well to him. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of just a, it's a ragtag bunch of players on PTOs and guys playing for jobs and guys on expiring contracts and also all sorts of things like that. Like, those teams can be really dangerous in this league. Because those guys aren't just playing for a playoff spot; they're playing for jobs. That's right. right. That's you know, right. What's what's a bigger motivator than that? Uh, so, um, they've uh, they've been a team that's given uh, opponents uh, some real trouble at uh, different points, and they had a seven-game point streak that just ended this past weekend. And um, well, yeah. Lavelle is certainly familiar with that, and and with some new that's, confidence uh, now for Ferguson getting getting a getting to make his NHL debut. Uh, doing it in a big way with a big win for Ottawa, you know, we'll have to wait to see how long he stays in Ottawa for now. But, you know, looking ahead to the next three weeks, Dylan Ferguson may end up being a factor uh, as Laval battles with Belleville for that last playoff position in in the next uh, in the North Division. And so Dylan Ferguson might come back to to haunt Laval a little bit. Uh, you never know what a bit of renewed confidence in an NHL debut win can do for a young goaltender. So it'll be uh, it'll be one to keep an eye on. I think he could come back to haunt Toronto, even for that matter. It could, end yeah, up, uh, matching up in the playoffs, which is certainly possible. You know, if uh, Belleville makes it and then gets through that playing round. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? Like. It just goes to show you how fast things change in this business, right? Like a month ago, you're being traded in the HL for future considerations, which is basically for nothing. Um, <laughs> really, yes, future it's that's really for nothing, yes. <laughs> like if it doesn't mean much in the NHL, it means even less in the HL, right? So, um, um, yeah, that was an AHL trade too, mind you. It wasn't an NHL deal. No. So, um, and, there, you know, it was kind of the last ditch effort uh, for him to uh, avoid going back to the ECHL. And mm-hmm. like he ran with his opportunity. And that's, that's such a huge thing for players in this league, right? Like just take care of your own business, right? Because you never know when that opportunity is going to come. And like, fortunately for Ferguson, um, right place, right time. And he was, he took care of his end of the bargain. And, um, you know, here he is, uh, trying to make, you know, headlines across the hockey world this morning. Uh, for a 48 save uh, performance that you know I know Ottawa's playoff chances are not not very good at the moment but at the very least it you know makes things interesting made made things interesting (laughs) at least if nothing else maybe delayed the inevitable and on brand for the AHL you know we're talking about how Toronto's been a bit of a ghost of themselves uh, lately they have made the playoffs uh, now 
And just within the last minute, we find out that the Toronto Maple Leafs have sent forward Alex Steves and goaltender Joseph Wall back down to the Marlies. So <laughs> reinforcements coming in for the Toronto Marlies. I think uh, I think they got the message loud and clear that uh, things need to tighten up uh, on that ship. And so uh, anyone who thought that they were just going to roll through the Marlies now uh, might have... Particularly with if Wall plays any significant portion of games in the crease, uh, that could be that could be interesting. So, Patrick, I think the lesson of the day is um, nothing stays the same for very long in the American Hockey League. <laughs> yeah, it's like that old saying about the weather in certain places. If you don't like the weather, just wait ten minutes. Just wait like, ten minutes. That's you don't right. like your team in this league, or you do like your team ten minutes from now. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the opposite. So, yeah, uh, that's that's what keeps this league interesting, right? Like, you know, like, you know, that's why I, I've said this before. But like, I I shy away from trying to make any predictions in this league now. Like, experiences just taught me that that this is not a league where you can you can uh, make too many assumptions and sort of have a sense of where things are playing out because it can you know can pivot on a moment's notice. You can see a, a a top number one goalie go up or down and top scorer, you know, like, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a fun lead for, for that reason alone. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see, you know, who knows in seven days, what, uh, what new things we're going to have, uh, <laughs> have develop. And, uh, we're looking forward of course, uh, to being back with you again next Tuesday for another episode of the hot stove on, we'll just, we'll say no more than this, that it's going to be a very special episode of the press zone next week. And, and we'll be, We'll be ha- very happy to have you be part of that. So uh, buckle up. Enjoy enjoy this week of, of ups and downs around the American Hockey League. And I look forward to having you back again next week. Thank you. A big thank you once again to Mr. Patrick Williams. It's always a joy to have him on the show each and every week. He brings such a, a, an incomparable level of insight and knowledge about the American Hockey League. It's hard enough to, to cover one team all season long. I can't imagine covering all 32 and having such a finger on the pulse of everything going on in the American Hockey League. We are very lucky to have him as part of uh, the Rocket Sports team and as a contributor here, and we thank him for for all of his insight. It's getting to be an exciting time of year around the American Hockey League, and uh, there's some very, uh, very fun hockey happening all around the league, uh, and it's great to hear what's happening in other divisions when Patrick joins the show. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for us for this week. Uh, Don't forget, of course, Laval hosting Bridgeport and Milwaukee this Wednesday and Friday before they head on the road for a Sunday afternoon game in Manitoba and a Tuesday night game in Manitoba. We'll have all the action for you at the AHL Report, at the AHL Report on Twitter, ahlreport.com on the web and you can be sure that next Tuesday we'll be back here again for another episode of the Press Home Podcast to break it all down for you and see where things stand in the standings uh, after another seven days has gone by. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you back here again next week. You've been listening to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.